Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. Glad you're with us. Thursday edition as we broadcast live from Nashville Music City, where we've got Thursday night football in town tonight. The Dallas Cowboys are in town, and if you didn't know it, it's packed here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. In for Chad Withrow, who remains in a very snowy Nebraska guest hosting today. JP, Aaron Sivia. Good to see you, bro. Good to see you. What? A, first, I have a question. Did you actually make that beanbag, that that cornhole toss in that uh, intro? No. no. And did Chad make a shot? Chad made the second shot. So he didn't make That's, the first one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So th- for those listening, we've got a, a video intro where it was more about trying to look like we knew what we were doing than actually <laughs> pulling it off. The people outside, though, in the beer garden, they looked at us like, these guys are awful at anything athletic. Which is, I mean... Oh, you want to talk sports? Fair, fair. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, you've got... Uh, I've got JP here who's, you know, could make it in his sleep on this. Uh, Chad's dad is a ringer for cornhole. Like, this guy that doesn't even touch the board. He's so good. Johnsonville? He's going, he's going for the million he, dollar? He could. Uh, he could. And he sandbags it to the point where you think he's not good, and then he crushes you. I have heard of people literally coming off work to work on their beanbag tosses because they want to go pro in cornhole. So, hey, anything is possible. Ping pong was always big in the, uh, the NFL locker rooms. I, I'm, uh, it still is. Like the, one of the punishments is you'll take the ping pong table out. Yeah. You know? What's big in the Major League Baseball clubhouse? Ping pong. Ping pong, ping pong is huge. Uh, that is, I would say, in a lot of clubhouses, ping pong would be the game of choice. Other yeah. than cards. Cards are a good game um, because you can play many different games, and sometimes you can, you know, possibly bet on the game. But that certainly went down on the plane. Yes, but I would say <laughs> ping pong. Ping pong is, uh, I would say, the number one. I think so. Game, yeah. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. We've got a, a jam-packed show. Plenty of headlines to get to. Armando Salguero joins us in 20 minutes from Outkick.com. Our NFL senior columnist will hit all the big headlines across the league. Uh, the coaching firings, the changes on the horizon. We're 11 days away from Black Monday across the league where we'll see other openings. We'll preview Thursday night football and the big Monday night matchup between Buffalo and Cincinnati. Uh, And then about an hour and 15 minutes from now, JP, one of, if not your favorite person in baseball, because every time you and I are chatting about Major League Baseball, Alex Anthopoulos comes up. The Braves general manager and president will be on with us coming up in hour number two. Yeah, he's um, the gentleman who called me up. He was our general manager when I got called up to the Toronto Blue Jays. And I'll tell you what, he is, I would say, enemy number one for the Players Association because of what he's been able to do. But whatever he has, he has a secret potion. Might be some of that old whiskey, old smoky uh, (laughs) moonshine, but he gets guys to sign, and that's what you want to do. How would you feel if you're a Braves player seeing all the money that's been spent 
after signing these extensions? Uh, it's it's I would feel great. I mean, you have to be fired up. I think I think the one thing is is you look at it, and I think the one thing that he does very well is he says, "Hey, you need to play with a team that is going to win for some time. So if you give me some money back on a team friendly deal, then we can go and get some guys and." Look what he's done. Sean, Mar- Sean Murphy locked him up. I mean, yeah. everybody, I feel like everybody on that field is locked up. And then you look at the shortstop where uh, Von Grissom, yeah. he's under control for six years, so might as well be locked up. So the they, Braves are good for a long time. They lose Dansby, but it's not a – I mean, when you look at what they have, it's not massive, you know? I, but, again, he's the, he's the, it's funny because he's enemy public enemy number one for the uh, – uh, Major League Baseball uh, Players Association because he's been able to drive down the market in a sense for some guys. We've got uh, Alex Anthopoulos coming up in an hour and 15 minutes. It's going to be a great conversation. One big thing on every NFL game plus primary complaint in about 40 minutes and JP's ready to go on that locked and loaded. I've been waiting for a long time to put this complaint out (laughs) in the air. Uh, you, you have sat through many of primary complaint segments while waiting to come on the show. So uh, now you're in the seat, and uh, we'll, we'll, I'm looking forward to that. And, and Davey Hudson has been waiting for like two weeks to unveil his, which is really good. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to hear his rant coming up. Um, big news today out of the Big Ten. Commissioner Kevin Warren, who has crushed it for the conference, leading the conference to this massive television agreement moving forward and uh, the $100 million payout annually for every team within the conference, every program within the conference. Um, according to Pete Thamel, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren has emerged as a top candidate to be the next president and CEO of the Chicago Bears. He's interviewed in person for the job, considered among the final candidates. The process expected to wrap up in the coming weeks. Uh, Thamel is saying that because it will wrap up after the season is done, but they completely overhauled their front office and coaching staff last year. And now with Kevin Warren, thereafter, um, the former Minnesota Vikings executive, who was a big part of the new stadium in Minneapolis. And Chicago uh, and the Bears, they are trying, they've purchased the racetrack there where they're going to build a new stadium and leave Soldier Field. Oh, that's sad. Uh, based on the, the agreement that they have or what they can't get done with the city. And they're going to have their own complex and, and own everything uh, based on the financing involved. So they want someone that can put all that together. Kevin Warren's that guy. The Big Ten, though, is losing a huge asset. Like, he has been, in, in terms of conference realignment and television partnerships, he's been the alpha. Total beta during COVID. Absolute beta during COVID. Where if it were up to him, we wouldn't have played a college football season. And within like a, you know, a number of hour span, he went from saying that, yeah, it's probably best that we don't play to saying, wait, 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 we need to have a, a 10 game season. We're going to play as many games as we possibly can because the SEC jumped out after that and said, we're playing, we'll play a conference season. And, you know, they made up their own rules as they went. So Ohio State could get into the Big Ten championship game that year. But the, the point being, Warren is a major asset for college football right now. It's him and Greg Sankey. And now, if he takes the Chicago Bears job after it's Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner that's going to be running everything, despite the fact that right now the bigger payouts per year moving forward will be with the Big Ten, and there's a big drop-off 
ESPN, ABC, they're going to pay more for the SEC eventually. But, JP, about, it's about $100 million per program, and the SEC right now is getting 60 I mean, that's, that's nothing to laugh at, but there's that's a big, big gap that's there. That's a big gap. And what Warren did is in the TV negotiations, he took the NFL model where every week you will have a Big Ten game on practically every network not named ESPN. So CBS, NBC will be a part of this, uh, Fox with Big Noon Kickoff, and some of the other networks, the, the, the sports networks, you know, uh, CBS Sports Network or uh, FS1. It's a really good concept because you spread everything out and you get that type of exposure from major networks. Well, I'll tell you what, if you think about it, uh, the Big Ten now is arguably the number two. I'm going to say number two because okay. the SEC is number one. It will always be number one in my heart. I don't care what happens yeah. uh, to the day I leave this earth. But okay. you would have thought of it maybe not too long ago about maybe Big Ten being even behind the ACC, the PAC, maybe even behind the PAC. Right, So all of a sudden, now that you're watching Big Ten football and you're like, there's not just Ohio State and Michigan. right? It's, it's starting the, – the viewership and the, and the following is starting to grow. So that, for me, is what he's been able to create there, now getting more TV, yep. which gets better players, which gets more recruiting. Well, you're right. And, and keep this in mind, too. Like, the way they have elevated, they jumped in. The, the SEC, did this first, SEC did this first with Texas and Oklahoma. But then Warren went to work waiting on the Pac-12 television rights agreement to come up where they can negotiate this. They're in the final year. And he went out and got USC and UCLA and has pulled them in for 2024. So you have the West Coast now as a part of the Big Ten moving forward. And you have the biggest market um, and, um, other than the markets that you already currently are in within the conference. You're headed to LA now. So they've... As far as TV rights are concerned, you're in New York, you're in Chicago, yeah, they got, you know, they've got, got them the all. Country, the country covered, and then, at the, then it becomes really SEC versus yes. the Big Ten. Yeah, it's really a power two. Um, yeah, there's no more power five. Yeah, it, and, and you, know, some, you know, some would point to Warren as the, the reason why we saw the major destruction of conference alignment as we know it. But it was going to happen one way or the other, and he jumped out in front and got it done. Meanwhile, you've got the Pac-12, uh, Big 12, and ACC in many ways uh, either handcuffed or scrambling to figure out what they're going to do after Warren came in and took USC and UCLA away. Well, it's, it, those are going to be the monopolies. I mean, you think about yeah. it, they're going to they're outprice everybody, and, they're gonna, and everybody wants to watch those teams because you want to watch good teams play unless you're connected to the team in, in some sort of fashion. But... You know what I love, too, is this is happening in a lot of sports. College going to the pros. Being successful in college and then being able to go to the next level yeah. and go to the pros. I mean, it's, it's happened in baseball. It's happened in football. happens in basketball. There's a lot of now. I mean, I even saw one thing about Josh Heupel and the Browns, like connected to the Browns. And I'm thinking, what? Well, that's Haslam. They're yeah, well, well, yeah, because of, yeah, cause of Haslam. But, but my, my point is saying is... <laughs> Before, it used to be a, a kind of taboo to say, oh, this is a, at least when I was playing, that's a college. The colleges do it differently mm -hmm. than they, we do in the pros. And now it's become a thing where it's like, actually, we want to pull some people from college to enhance our pros. So 
you think about it, it's become a business not just on the field for players, but also if you're a coach, you can set yourself up. You're a commissioner. You can set yourself up. And what he's done is set the Big Ten up for the future, even if he leaves. He's got two teams in the college football playoff. He's got two cracks at the SEC with Georgia now because Ohio State and Georgia playing on Saturday. And if Michigan advances past TCU and Georgia, you know, you've got two chances to knock off the the team, the bar. Yeah. And uh, according to Pete Thamel, Warren's not going to attend either game on Saturday, which again is a sign he's <laughs> he's headed to uh, headed See to ya. the Bears. It's a great hire by the Bears. They had uh, their team president Ted Phillips uh, is retiring, I believe, at the end of the season, which is why they're waiting in a couple of weeks to make this announcement. But if you're interviewing Kevin Warren and he wants the job, that is a move you've got to go make for for the Bears. It's a smart move for what he he did with the Vikings and. I can't wait to see who the Big Ten decides to go after for his oh, replacement. It, oof. You know, do they go back to the NFL well and try to find the next executive that comes in that can negotiate all these things? Or are they looking for more of uh, the the bridge guy? Not, not in a bad way, but Greg Sankey comes in and he has an idea and he's thinking three, four steps ahead. And that's the type of guy you've got to go get in order to compete with the SEC? And can you have someone that can pair with the SEC and then run college sports as we know it? I mean, that's the next hire is huge in that regard. Well, if you think about it, I, I always kind of refer to, you know, baseball in a sense, Tampa Bay Rays. How many people go and pick, pick the executives of Tampa Bay Rays and we're going to make them our GM? So if I'm the Big Ten and I have a decision to make and the SEC is the one that sets the bar... I mean, I'm sure there might be no compete and stuff like that, yeah. but I'm going for somebody in that conference. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And, you know, they, it could also be a current president. Um, Ohio State's president stepped forward and got things done within the conference during COVID. A big reason. They were thinking about going independent for a year if they couldn't play within their conference. Nebraska was too. And I think a lot of presidents and, and ADs and athletic departments and fans, players, Love him for that. So, the, you know, does the Big Ten then endorse that move? Yeah. Don't know. But I, I think the, the way things were handled during COVID versus the way they were handled over the last 12 months with negotiations, yin and the yang well, with Kevin Warren, a completely different per, per, perception on the job he's done. Well, and, and I know that this is different, but it, I think it shows the aggressiveness of, yeah. like, being an individual thinker and going, you know what? I can come at me, but I'm – I have a plan in place, and I'm going to do it. And, I, and those are things where when you have to be in that position as, as such as a commissioner, you're going to make some decisions that are maybe not a fan by everybody. Ohio State's president right. pushes the envelope. You need people like that to be needle movers. One of our favorite guests is right here, J.P. Arncivia, who's the guest host today coming up. Armando Salguero will join us. We're going to take a look across NFL and Week 17. We'll preview, if we can, what is going to be an utter destruction tonight at Nissan Stadium by the Dallas Cowboys against a practice squad's practice squad Tennessee Titans lineup. We'll tell you who's not playing. And we'll look ahead to Monday night. Bills, Bengals, and the number one seed that is at stake. All of that and more straight ahead on OutKick 360.
What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. During the break, our guest host, J.P. Aaron Sibia, went to outkick.com slash bet, and he took the 14 points that the, tit- the Titans are receiving tonight on Thursday to Night it. Football. I don't know why you did that. I'm not a, I'm not a pro, but I will say it's raining outside. <laughs> turf is wet. Crazier things have happened. Oh, that Al Michaels is yet again getting a dud for Thursday night football. <laughs> uh, we're certainly not with our next guest. Armando Salguero joins us on Outkick 360. Time to preview NFL Week 17, which does include Titans-Cowboys, which kicks off tonight in Nashville. Armando, good to see you, man. Well, first of all, I gotta say, it's a it's a historic moment where an Outkick 360's got two Cubans on at the same time. That's right. We're gonna crash the entire network here in the next ten minutes. Well, especially if you have a little cafecito uh, for me, <laughs> we can definitely get after it here. Hey, cafecito, I'd rather have a rojo pollo. What about this? I have to throw this out there, though. You got the old school. I grew up going to the old school Orange Bowl right there, which now is Lone Depot Park. But uh, I wish they never had torn that down because that thing. Talk about not only great games, but some serious fights in the crowd. Serious fights in the crowd. Worst bathrooms in the world. It's like (laughs) go to a trough and it's a trough. It's an actual trough to go to the bathroom. The place leaked. Uh, but I saw the greatest football game I've ever seen in that facility, which was the 1985 Miami Dolphins beating the Chicago Bears. It was the only game the Bears lost in 1985. The only reason that the Dolphins are still the only undefeated, untied team in the entire 102-year history of the National Football League. Armando Salguero with us, Outkick.com senior NFL writer. He'll be covering Week 17. Um, surface level, Armando, the the best and really, on, I was looking at this last week, the only great matchup was Bengals hosting Bills on Monday night. They flexed Baltimore and Pittsburgh into this Sunday night spot as well. But as far as playoff scenarios, those are happening. But the one that's going to impact next month the most is Monday night, 
and Cincinnati, who all of a sudden can grab that number one seed. The Bills fell out of the top spot midway through the season. They're back in there. How important is number one this year for Buffalo? Well, that's a great, great uh, question and a great setup, Jonathan, because, by the way, I will be at that game for OutKick. So there's that. Uh, Watch OutKick coverage, plug, plug, during that game and after that game. Why is it so important? If you're the Buffalo Bills and you have a chance to make everyone come to Buffalo in January. (laughs) I was in Buffalo two weeks ago. It's not a pleasant experience, gentlemen. It's not, it's not a lot of fun. I mean, just the trip into the stadium is hair-raising because of the way that the roads are set up and the way that the weather is set up in Orchard Park. So regardless of whether you have a police escort, regardless of whether you're coming, you know, three or four hours before the game, that doesn't matter because the weather doesn't give a crap about your police escort. And Bill's Mafia shows up the night before to be all around the stadium, and it's it's a nightmare, although a daydream for the Bills. So it's important for them. It's a big advantage. For the Bengals, meanwhile, you know, they're not going to get the number one overall, you know, slot, but they're a team that has a statement that it wants to make. And the statement is, we beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We beat the Kansas City Chiefs last year. We beat them this year. We're going to do it again if we have to. And, oh, yeah, if they beat the Buffalo Bills on Monday night, they will have victories over the two top seeds in the AFC. That suggests that the Cincinnati Bengals are the best team in the AFC, seeds notwithstanding. I was going to ask you next, like, where would you put Cincinnati um, going into January, going into the playoffs for the second consecutive year with Burrow? versus Kansas City and, and Buffalo in, 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 this, in this view for getting back to the AFC Championship game, getting back to the Super Bowl, how would you stack those three teams? So I'm going to say something that's going to send the folks in Buffalo and the folks in Kansas City into a rage. And I don't care because I'm, you know, in Florida. Uh, <laughs> it's like this. The Cincinnati Bengals have the most complete offense of those three teams. Their quarterback is every bit as good as Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Their wide receiver uh, complement is better than anything the Bills have or the Chiefs have. And they have a running game and... (laughs) You know, their offensive line now all of a sudden is playing well. I get it. Lyle Collins is out now, and that's a bad situation. But that offense, top to bottom, is the most diverse and complete of any of those three teams. Uh, JP and I, before the show, were discussing Tua Tagovailoa and yet another concussion protocol for him. Uh, Armando, you you have covered the Dolphins for years and you certainly are still very ingrained within the organization. How does this change the planning for the future with him versus 
midway through the season where he had one confirmed concussion and they kept him out an extra week even though he had cleared protocol. And for this to happen after the game again, knowing that all eyes are on the organization to begin with because they literally changed protocol for Tua and what happened in Cincy, what does this do for how the Dolphins will move forward at that position? You mean beyond this season? Yeah, just big picture. Do do you have to plan for life without Tua based on the fact that we he's had two confirmed and really three um, where they changed the protocol this year? Well, having been ingrained mm-hmm. with the Dolphins for a long time, as you said, Jonathan, uh, plan is a, is a word that <laughs> is about the next week and a half. Okay. Okay? When you're talking plan... The last time they planned something years out or down the road, they tanked in 2019 and it failed. So they didn't get Joe Burrow and, you know, they ended up getting Tua, which I'm sure they're okay with, but he's not Joe Burrow. They planned to get Joe Burrow. Now, having said that, if they are thinking – that Tua Tunga Bailoa is suddenly going to be more durable after multiple concussions, is suddenly going to be um, more capable and worth a bigger price tag, which is what would be necessary coming up through either a fifth-year option and extensions. That's that's a hard ask of even the Dolphins because – how do you commit a quarter of a billion dollars to a player that here we are in the playoff push of 2022 and he's not available to you and no fault of his own. But the fact of the matter is he's not there, uh, you know, and it's a cut and dry situation. And he has been injury prone throughout his time at Alabama and throughout his time with the Dolphins. So to commit, that kind of money to that kind of history, you have to have a certain amount of, you know, the, um, yeah. how would they I say see, it? I see. Uh, well, I don't know if I can say it in Spanish here. Co-Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Co-sign Jones. Yeah. And, you know, to, to do that, and, and I've talked to several general managers not of the Dolphins, obviously, who have told me I would never do it. Um, JP, this is a foreign language to you when it comes to guarantees because Major League Baseball is way different. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. Um, But Armando, why is it such a faux pas for teams to just straight up tell us that they're not playing a player because they don't want him to get hurt? Because if if, if Derek Carr doesn't pass a physical the third day after the Super Bowl, He's guaranteed $40 million uh, based on injury, and he's locked in. Meanwhile, if he's healthy and he passes a physical, they can trade him and save $29 million on the cap. Is this what this came down to in Vegas? And if so, why can't they tell us that directly? What, they've, what it came down to in Vegas, Jonathan, is they've decided that Derek Carr is not going to be there you know, ever again. And so he's played his last game for the Las Vegas Raiders. And they're not saying that. 
who cares what they're saying or not saying. Uh, they're also saying that we have to see Jared Stidham, Stidham <laughs> right. to, to, find, to evaluate him. Jared Stidham has played for three years, all of them under Josh McDaniels, the head coach. So what does he have? What? He hasn't been looking at Jared Stidham <laughs> in the last three years? I mean, come on. So what they're saying, throw that out. What they're doing is they're setting themselves up for a trade and somebody will come a knocking before that, that January bonus is due and they will set up a trade for Derek Carr and off we go to the races and it'll be completed in March. Have you, have you heard who uh, I think is what they're setting up for in Las Vegas? As far as a draft pick, as far as uh, who th the next quarterback will be. Oh, <laughs> they don't know. They know who it's not going to be. And I know it's not going to be Jared Stidham, because if that's the case, they're going to be, you know, looked at as a bunch of foofs. You wait, you got rid of Derek Carr for Jared Stidham? Really? And Josh McDaniel, last I heard, Josh McDaniel ran off. Uh, Jay Cutler you know, from Denver. You know who now he didn't he's run off? running off. Now he's running off Derek Carr from from uh, Las Vegas. He better get this right because there's not going to be a, a number three team offering him a head coaching job after he ran off two good quarterbacks. Tom Brady. Yeah, I was going to say. What about Tom Brady? He didn't run off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now. Tell me why Tom Brady would go to to Las Vegas? Because Tom he's Brady's single now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I don't think he's done. I agree with you. Uh, and having said that, I think San Francisco is better. It also happens to be his hometown. I think Sean Payton is going to make a decision on where he goes. I think he happens to be a better head coach than Josh McDaniels. And... Tom Brady and Sean Payton have talked. I know they have. There was an right. NFL investigation about it. And uh, there's don't don't discount the possibility that he comes back to Tampa. It's comfortable. And they're not exactly a terrible team. They've got some issues, but they're not catastrophic issues. And um, there's Las Vegas, too, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, has its own issues as well, for sure. Um, but he didn't. Uh, McDaniel didn't. McDaniel's didn't run him off, and I think it makes sense if it's what if, if Brady's trying to bring other guys with him, like he did to Tampa. Um, that that's one that is very intriguing. I we know Denver's locked into their QB. How surprised were you they fired Hackett now instead of waiting two weeks? And why why week sixteen when we knew he was done in week four? Yeah, not surprised at all, and no one in the NFL was surprised either. Because, I mean, you watch that game against the Rams. They got, you know, boat raced. And it was, what, they gave up 51 points and they had issues on the sideline. And they had issues after the game. And they just had issues trying to just line up. And after a while, you embarrass people that don't like to be embarrassed. And I'm talking about ownership. You end up unemployed. And that's exactly what happened with Nathaniel Hackett. God bless him. I respect the guy for his knowledge of football. 
for his ability to connect with, you know, certain people and certain players, but he was, he was over his head in, in this head coaching position. It was obvious to everyone when they had to hire a game manager coach during the season after the first couple of weeks so that that person could manage the game for Nathaniel Hackett and help him manage the game. When that happens and you're losing and your quarterback is having the worst season of his career and you're having players uh, arguing with each other on the sideline and you're giving up 51 points and other players are punching the other team after the game, you get fired. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. You imagine that that uh that's tough that's a tough situation bad culture and I'm going to say this I'm not an NFL insider I don't uh have all the anyone knowledge anyone can be anyone but, can be but I will tell you <laughs> my front runner for the Broncos position Gerard Mayo oh of the New England Patriots guy's a superstar he I've talked to him he's told me that he wanted to take a year off he he wanted to take a year from the opportunities last year, mm-hmm. uh, he had told me he wanted to wait another year to then become a head coach. And uh, he's a guy that would be a great spot for that yeah, job. I, uh, JP, he is a great head coaching candidate. I'm just wondering if he's a, a, um, if he's a fit at a place that stepped out with a non-experienced head coach hire and it failed miserably. Would they repeat the the process with a non-experienced head coach hire? I'm I'm getting the feeling because they are a veteran team and a team that needs the window is closing fast. They need somebody that can hit the ground running. And that to me says experience hire. I think a little young blood though can help that. And it, it, here's the thing too with Gerard. I, he's a buddy, so I'm gonna push yeah. for him. But he was a guy who went from not being great in Tennessee, a red shirt to a first round pick, to the player of the year uh, defensively, to multiple time, uh, excuse, uh, geez, what am I? Uh, champion. The, the champion, yes, a Super Bowl champion. Smart, was a businessman. I mean, he, he, he does, he's, he checks off all the boxes. Uh, I think that he would be great. And I, and I agree with the experience, but I also think, I mean, we're seeing it with Saturday. There's something to be said with champions, mm-hmm. players that have that tick a little different at times. Well, I mean, it certainly resonates in the locker room. Vrabel's a great example too. He, yeah, you know, like the the respect he garners in the locker room because he's he's been literally to what you're saying. He's been in every single seat of any player on the 53 man roster and the practice squad. Yeah, you know, he's been a special teams player. He's caught touchdowns in the Super Bowl, and you know, he's been traded. You know, after helping win world championships at his organization. I mean, he can relate to literally everybody in the locker room, which is unusual you know, for any coach. You know where he makes a lot of sense is Houston. Yeah. Uh, did they it, did they interview him? Uh, I'm not sure if they did. Or, I'm working on the next okay. uh, cycle. You're asking me about the last cycle. But it hey. makes sense to me because Nick Casario is a yep. New England Patriot guy. Gerard Mayo is obviously a New England Patriot guy. They know each other well. Gerard Mayo, that's going to be a very young team with a young quarterback, and they need leadership. Uh, so if if Lovey Smith doesn't 
translate to another year or year two? Mayo makes a lot of sense there. I got a question for you. What are the chances with the one-two punch that the Dolphins have, which I think is, I was asking uh, Hutton this, probably the best one-two punch that we've seen uh, with Waddle and uh, Tyreek, but what are the chances they can sneak in without Tua and having those monsters catching footballs? No, dude, I think that they can walk in. Um, honestly, Teddy Bridgewater, we're acting like Teddy Bridgewater is a schlub. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, was a bona fide starting NFL quarterback for a couple of years. He had one start this year and one play into the one start. They took him out of the game on a concussion protocol because he stumbled, not because he had a concussion, right? because he stumbled. And he came back the next week in um, as a reliever sort of to Skylar Thompson, and he balled out. I, You got, like JP mentioned, you got Tyreek, you got Waddle the Penguin, you're going to get yours and you're going to make some plays and you're going to be a dangerous team. My concern with the Dolphins is not so much on offense with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. It's that defense that just has been curiously ineffective and inconsistent this year. Armando, um, Ron Rivera is going back to Carson Wentz because he quote unquote needs a spark for his team. I realize they're 0-2-1. Uh, recently in their last three, but Heineke hasn't been awful. They've been really bad in the red zone, but Heineke hasn't been awful. Is this the right call to get the commanders to the postseason? I don't know if it's the right call or not. I mean, I don't know everything that Ron Rivera knows. I know some things more than Ron Rivera. Like, I can actually speak Spanish. Uh, But, 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 uh, I would say this to you. Carson Wentz in short sample size is better than Taylor Heineke. And the reason for that is Taylor Heineke's superpower is getting the guys around him to rally around him. And they make plays for him and they just love the dude. And I love the dude and I don't even know the dude. I love the dude. Carson Wentz is a better quarterback. He's got a better arm. He reads defenses faster. He's bigger. He's more mobile. He makes better, you know, he's able to make all of the throws that Taylor Heineke isn't necessarily able to do. So do you need a guy the next two weeks, Ron Rivera, that's going to rally your peeps and get the guys motivated? Or are they already motivated because they're trying to make the playoffs and they need you know, an ace quarterback or as close to it as you have on your roster. That's why Carson Wentz is going to get a shot because his his flaw doesn't matter. Those guys are going to be motivated. They're going to be playing regardless. Final thing for you. Would you bet on Tampa or Carolina to come out of the NFC South? I I realize it may not matter once they win this division, but – You've, the, the situation in Carolina is incredible considering how better they got after trading their best players 
Uh, they got nothing out of Baker Mayfield. All of a sudden, he's putting up numbers with Sean McVay. <laughs> and here's Sam Darnold, who's back, and they're continuing to win with the run game that is dominant. And Tampa, you know, they're down 10 practically every week, and somehow Brady pulls these final drives out to help them win and stay in it. Who do you bank on over the final two weeks? Yeah, so you're asking me to bet on Awful Tom teams. Brady, Tom Brady, or Sam Darnold in a big <laughs> right. game. Yes. Even Let I can me answer that. think about this. Tom Brady or Sam Darnold. And, you know, and this is, I know how this is going to play out. Yes. I'm going to go, go with ahead. the logical answer. Yeah. And next week, you're going to bring up, look at stupid Armando. <laughs> he picked Tom Brady over Sam Darnold. <laughs> what a foof he is. But that's fine. I'm going with Tom Brady. Okay. And, and he can't call you stupid. We're Cuban brothers. I'll come after. Well, him. I would never do that, Armando. <laughs> you know, the Lions lost. Okay, or, all right. The Lions you, lost, so I lost all my firepower with that. Uh, they lost yet again. Uh, Armando, great stuff, man. Really looking forward to the coverage uh, for Monday Night Football in Cincinnati as the uh, the Bengals host the Bills. This could be a, an awesome atmosphere and game and a bit of a preview of two of the best teams as we get ready for the playoffs. Appreciate you, man. All right. Thank you, guys. JP. All right, brother. Mucho gusto. <laughs> Armando Salguero has been our guest. You can read all of his great work at Outkick.com. Coming up, uh, we'll have some headlines in about 15 minutes, but when we come back, it is time to air our grievances, our top grievance of the week with primary complaint is next on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up in 30 minutes, Braves general manager Alex Anthopoulos joins us as J.P. Arancivia's special guest. Great to have J.P. in studio with us. Sixth and Peabody, our location for Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Before that, though, it's time for primary complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Primary Complaint on Outkick 360. Guys, my primary complaint this week is simple. It's the last week of coverage about college recruiting and rankings. Typically, we're going to see Alabama, Georgia, and the major programs up top. And now, no matter what happens and who gains ground, guess what? The transfer portal a year from now upsets everything. So a lot of the guys we're talking about now won't even be playing for the program that they just committed to and signed with by 2024. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint, I've been waiting to air this out. I haven't even grabbed the mic because it really bothers me. It absolutely fires me up. I'm watching Texas Tech beat the brakes off of Ole Miss yesterday. And you're down 20 points in the fourth quarter or 13 and you make a tackle, and you stand over the guy you just tackled when you're down two touchdowns. What are you doing? And then the other thing that bothers me 
is if you're up or you're down as a receiver, 30 points, and you get a first down, and you give the first down sign, <laughs> you should probably have about 50 other first downs before you do that. It kills me to watch young players showboat when they're getting their tail whooped. And that is my primary complaint. <sighs> Gentlemen, <laughs> my primary complaint is that tramp stamps are apparently making a comeback. How did we get back here, and, and no pun intended, but studies are showing that the negative stigma around a tramp stamp is also declined? I, I don't get it. Listen, if, if you're thinking about getting a lower back tattoo or a tramp stamp, please do not. If I see a woman that has that, I know this is not the first bad decision she has made. It's... It's not attractive. No one's ever uttered the phrase that tramp stamp makes her more attractive. And so I'm sitting there and it's like, listen, if I do enough digging, I'm sure I'm going to find a GED, a couple of kids, a few misdemeanors. It's just not a good look. And I, I mean, like, what's next? Are we just waiting for the uh, barbed wire bicep tattoo to come back as well? It's not a good look. Don't fall for it. You're only going to regret it. Regret it. And that is my primary complaint. Yeah, the uh, you know the, the you've got like the thorns and the the heart with a arrow <laughs> through it or whatever for the tramp stamp. Yeah, I, I don't, I've it, never understood that. No, no, that's uh, not a good look, and I agree. <laughs> I, I think you you put it very kindly that that's not the only bad decision that that person's ever made. <laughs> and if it is the first, it's the first of many. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have fallen off the wagon. Yeah, uh, not good. And they're are they really coming back though, Davy? The New York Post put out an article, and again, like everything's trendy. Like it kind of comes back around. And I, I mean, we're probably what, like 20 years removed from when that was a thing. So I, I could at least see the logic behind why we might be getting back there. But well, is it, is it, it is the young stayed. audience, or is this just like the 50 year olds now going in for a touch up? You know, oh, no, like I, I think it's, I think we're hitting the new generation. Oh, wow. you know what I love too? You know what I love too about that is that it was the stigma of it has now changed. Because, yeah, they haven't gotten it for 20 years, so right, nobody yeah. has seen it. Of, what it. of course it has. Oh, wait, I just realized we shouldn't have made fun of this because Matt's got one uh, here in studio. <laughs> Lower back tap. Uh, coming up. I hope it's we, a nice one. Yeah, well, yeah, well, we'll take his word for it, I guess. <laughs> uh, coming up, 10 Major League Baseball umpires are set to retire. How will that impact the game next season? We've got JP's thoughts on that. Plus... Alex Anthopoulos in hour number two. All of that and more straight ahead. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network.